0: today, 149 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Cindy Kemp and David Mm -hmm. Keefe, and we are continuing our journey through the book of Romans. Romans has been so deeply rich. Those first four chapters talk about justification by faith, the reason we need the sacrifice of Christ and how God has provided for our sin in Christ, and it's a gift we receive by faith and he takes us all the way back to the Old Testament Mm. where Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So in chapters five through eight, we were talking about the dynamics of the Christian life, the new realities we have because we are in Christ and how we live those realities out. There is a break in five through eight, and chapter seven is probably one of the most uh, discouraging chapters in there because uh, Paul continues to talk about slavery to sin and the law, and how the law actually aggravates sin in us rather than being a cure to sin. The problem, he says, is not with the law. The problem is in us because we are sold as slaves to sin. So let's read chapter 7, knowing that chapter 8 is coming tomorrow Mm -hmm. and uh, that there is a hopeful answer Mm -hmm. in Christ and what he is doing in our lives Mm -hmm. through the Holy Spirit. So before we dig into chapter 7, David, do you mind lifting us up with the word of prayer.
1: No, let's pray. Father, now as we do come to your word, we ask that you would meet us where we are. And we do ask that through your word, you would convict us where we need conviction and encourage us where we need encouragement. As we see the the depths of our sin, may we also see the wonder and the majesty of Christ who died for sinners. And so, Father, as much as our sin Um, may weigh us down may we now look to the good news of what christ has done for us and we pray this all in his wonderful name amen Amen.
0: romans chapter 7 do you not know brothers and sisters for i'm speaking to those who know the law that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives for example by law a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive but if her husband dies she is released from the law that binds her to him so then if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she's called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. What should we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was, had it not been for the law, for I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting, for apart from the law, sin is dead. Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and through the commandment put me to death. So then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Did that which is good then become death to me by no means? Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin. Use what is good to bring about my death, so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, so it is a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do I do not do, but what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it is a sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in my waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work in me. What a wretched man am I, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Uh, There's certainly some good news in that. Yes, You know, Mm -hmm. that uh, even though we are wretched people in our struggle against sin, We have been rescued, you know, from the body of death through the Lord Jesus Christ. And because we died with Christ, we have been freed from the bondage that, you know, comes with the law. So Paul describes in this passage, you know, the bondage, you know, that does indeed, you know, come with the law. And it's not always obvious who he's talking about here. Scholars disagree on this, you know, in so many different— Some people think Paul is talking about, you know, his pre-conversion days— where he is a young Jewish man delighted in the law, but struggled somewhat, you know, with the law and trying to keep the law. Mm-hmm. And every time he tried to keep the law, he found himself unable to do that. I'm not sure that really matches with Paul because he could speak of himself as being blameless according mm-hmm. to the law. Yeah, you know, I mean, in yeah. in in his in his old life. Mm-hmm. Many think that he is, you know, talking about his his present experience. Even though we've been rescued from sin, we still live you know, in uh, you know bodies that he says are subject to death, and there will be a struggle. There's a already not yet aspect, you know, to scripture. We've been rescued from sin. We've been delivered from sin. We no longer are identified by living in the flesh. We live in Christ. We're no longer identified in Adam. Uh, we live in Christ, uh, but we still will struggle with sin as long as we live and. It becomes even more frustrating, frustrating because we have a vision of, of God's holiness. Even our favorite scholar on this has changed. Uh, <laughs> in the last five years, he's changed his opinion three times, mm-hmm. and uh, I was reading his latest, you know, commentary right before I came up here, and he almost has me persuaded, you know, that I should change, you know, my mind on this yeah, because I always saw this as. Pre, you know, this is Mm -hmm. this is any honest Jew apart from the work of the Spirit, who loves God's Word, struggling in their own ability to keep the promises, and the only thing the law does is it reveals our sin. And Paul even goes one step further; it aggravates our sin. So rebellious is the sin principle deep inside of us that when we hear the law, we want to push back against the law.
1: Mm -hmm. No, and I I think we even if it is speaking of you know unbeliever or believer we all resonate with that this section of this passage and i was even talking with a guy this morning who was talking about his his struggle he wants to be in the word but he keeps finding the struggle to not be in the word very real in his life and so he's like he wants to do this but he finds he's not doing that and he even brought this passage up as something that he was relating to as a Mm -hmm. believer seeking to to follow after christ
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I don't you know think that, you know, necessarily believer or non believer categories are the best categories here. Uh, the best categories are those who are trying to please God in their own strength mm-hmm. and those who are trying to please him, you know, according to the spirit. Mm-hmm. But even those you know, even those of us who you know, do strive to live according to the Spirit, and I'm assuming the best for everyone that listens to this podcast, (laughs) even those of us, you know, who do strive to live in the Spirit and to walk by the Spirit and to nurture the work of the Spirit in our lives, we are far from 100% consistent in that. Mm -hmm. We we still fail, and our failings, I'm guessing, outweigh you know, our, our complete transformation. Yeah. That uh, we're, we're, we have a long way to go, you know, in the transformation process. And and so we can identify that sometimes it becomes a me struggle rather than a spirit struggle in that moment. And even when you say that, yeah. that makes it, so, oh, <laughs> that even raises the tension more. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm only doing this because it's me and not the spirit. I need to be in the spirit, but I can't, but there is a lot of frustration to living in a sinful world with. Bodies that are subject to death because of sin. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, like verse 8, because it kind of feels like it's saying the same thing that you just said, but sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. So he's like, I not only became aware that I covet, Mm -hmm. it felt like everything, it, it just not probably blew it out of proportion, but all of a sudden he's keenly aware, which, you know, we should rejoice in that—that that we actually have a mirror in front of us that says, "You know, you're not as great as you think you are, maybe." Or that, you but know, the deliverance we have in yeah. Christ
0: is more awesome than you know, than yeah, we would ever believed. Exactly. You know, that's a you know something. You know Keller often mm-hmm. says, or Timothy Keller often says in, in relationship to the gospel, the truth of the gospel is mm-hmm. you're far worse than you ever dreamed you were, but God's love for you and grace in Christ Jesus is far greater than you ever exactly. dreamed it could be mm-hmm. and, and, and that is you know that is the encouragement you know in, in the middle in the middle of all of this and even
1: in that verse as we we're reading it, it's not just that the law just reveals sin, mm-hmm. but that it's also revealing our personal yeah. Sin. You know, it's not just like, well, exactly. Paul's like, well, you know, we're real sin. He's like, no, it revealed it in me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's why he says that pretty um, kind of wild phrase in, in verse 24 what a wretched man I am. Mm-hmm. And so we should probably be led to that conclusion about mm-hmm. each of ourselves. But right there, who will rescue me from this body that's subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so it's yeah. only at the depth of our sin actually being. Mm-hmm. Acknowledged by us that we can rejoice in, in the depth of God's grace for us. There's in, no in doubt, and,
0: and there's a couple you know times in this passage he comes close to say it's no longer me but sin, and, and he's not absolving us of you know right. personal mm-hmm. responsibility. This is part of you know the reform doctrine of you know total depravity, and part of total depravity is not as we are as bad as we could possibly be, but we are totally unable to be the people that God okay. has created us to yeah. be and uh, so our inability to you know look in a mirror and see the law and conform you know to the pattern of the law apart from apart from I don't know to that, <laughs> apart from the, uh, the help of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is you know, absolutely beyond us
1: and we even see you know in Jesus taking the law in the, in the sermon on the mountain you know Paul probably thought at times it was kind of this external obedience to these rules given by God, and and I'm good, but he even sees in himself, you know, once I lived apart from the law, verse 9, but when the commandment came, you know, Sin, spring to life, and I died. So he kind of had this thing. like, I was doing pretty good,
0: right? Until I realized as, the
1: true intention of the law. And that's right. And it's not just do not murder, but do not be angry. This internal. As heart,
0: long as there's no rules, yeah. I'm not breaking any rules. I'm doing great. <laughs> and <that's, you> know, <laughs> and they're that's doing bad, bad what yeah. but I'm
1: doing great. I know. And yeah. he's like, "Oh no, I died yeah. when I found out."
0: Yeah. yeah. He said, "Once you know God labels it as sin, it it, it you know, it becomes sin, and without those labels, it's easy to think that we're doing well." You know when we compare ourselves you know to our own you know sense of feeling and our own sense of rightness rather than you' know, getting it you know from the law and of course he says that the the law and the commandment are holy righteous and good that is not the problem the problem does not lie with the law the problem lies with us because we have sin residing in us mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, I do even in one sentence he says sin springing into action in other words the very fact that yeah. you tell me i can't means that Oh yes, I can. Oh, watch me. Yeah, just yeah. watch me.
2: Mm. And yet, you know, Christ came to defeat sin. I mean, it, it's it's um, encouraging to me and for so my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another, to Him who has been raised from the dead. Absolutely. So the you know the hope is that yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty wretched, but and, and that
0: is his entire point. Mm-hmm. He, he starts us by saying, you know. Uh, if a woman's husband dies, she's no longer obligated to. Right. him. And if someone dies, they're no longer obligated, you know, to the law. Guess what? You've died. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. died with Christ uh, you, when you were baptized. You know, in Chapter Six, with Him, you shared in His death and you shared in His resurrection. And in the new, uh, the new life you live, you are not bound to the law as a way of righteousness. Mm-hmm. You are bound to the Holy Spirit to complete. In you, and the vision you know that the law gives us of God's righteousness, and and so we've died a death, and we no longer have to live for sin. So we need to realize our position is we're not slaves to sin. Our position is we're no longer in Adam. Our position is we're no longer in the flesh, but we're in the spirit. But our reality is that work is not yet complete mm-hmm. in us, and until it's complete in us, we will still you know, struggle with sin. It's kind of the and, yet, uh, not yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the We've received the first fruits of the Spirit, and yeah. we do have, you know, a greater victory over the sin than we've ever had before, but we do not have complete victory. And that's always, you know, going to be frustrating mm. to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. Wait until tomorrow, and we'll do uh, Chapter 8, mm-hmm. and you'll be deeply encouraged. Yeah. Yes. Sandy, <laughs> do you mind closing us with a no, word of prayer? I
2: don't mind. Father, we um, really resonate with these words. Um, we know that uh, we still have this this body of, of death or this flesh that loves sin, and we desire for something different and more, but yet we, we know the reality of, of failing there. So, Father, we just uh, thank you for the hope that we can find only in your plan, which was salvation through your Son. And, Father, life, uh, living daily life in light of uh, what Christ has done and applying the gospel to our daily life. Thank you that you have given us this hope and um, this victory. And may we, Father, continue walking in your strength and, and, and be encouraged by that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.